Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Well, I'm living the dream again today. I'm over at Cowtown, USA in Cuba, Missouri, one of my favorite places on the face of the earth. And one reason for that uh, is Nick Miller. I've known Nick for a long time. We've fished a number of times, uh, especially on the Gasconade River is one of Nick's favorites. But Nick retired a year or so ago, and he's now the power sports salesman over at Cowtown, USA. Nick, that was quite a transition for you out of the medical field into the power sports field, I guess. Being a, tw- a paramedic for 26 years, it was quite a change, but uh, I was ready for it. And the, the folks here at Cowtown USA have made it real easy, and uh, and quite frankly, the, the customers have made it easy because I get to chat with people, I get to sit down and visit, and I get to sell people their dreams. So, Absolutely. Boy, you're a perfect fit because I know they used to brag on you over here at Cowtown all the time. Every time I walked in the door, I was hearing, hearing something about Nick Miller. Well, they, they wasn't saying something I was asking about you because uh, I've been fortunate enough over the years to get to fish with you a few times. and we, We've had some really good times out on, on the rivers. And, of course, you kind of made a name for yourself out on the rivers. Uh, I've always, you know, I've been in the outdoor industry for several decades now and seem like I've always, I've never tried to go big time but I've always had a good time and always had a little something to sell, you know, for sale to try to uh, pay my bills and keep myself moving down the road. But uh, Cowtown has been a great supporter of mine over the years. Gosh, I've known them 15 or 20 years, I suppose. But uh, I was trying to get them to provide me a boat one time, you know, and uh, you know what a hard sell that is. Those Legend SS are great boats. And, and doggone if I didn't hear your name, Nick Miller. Well, we don't we don't really need anybody to do that because we've got Nick Miller out there on, on the rivers all the time. And said he, I think it was Doug told me, he said, you know, Nick can be out on the Merrimack on, uh, over the weekend. And, of course, closed on Monday. He says, Tuesday, we got people walking in the door. I said, what's the guy do? Give tours up down the river? <laughs> these uh, these legend boats are beautiful boats. Legend SS, they they practically sell themselves. Jeremy will laugh at me for saying that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I used to, I was on the river a lot. I lived on the river for years. If I wasn't at work and I had a kid with me or my wife with me or a friend was out fishing and people would pull me over all the time, wave me over. Where do you, where do you get a boat like that? And, uh, and you know, the jet boats have really increased in popularity. Um, I, I tell a story sometimes me and my wife was in my first legend, uh, jet boat and was fishing a tournament at Pombe Terre. And we were the only aluminum boat. Everybody else had fiberglass boats. The The lake was low. You couldn't walk out on the dock and get in on your boat. And uh, so the people with the fiberglass boats were having a little trouble and props. Uh-huh. And uh, so we took off, drew boat number two, and took off, and every boat passed us. 
there's <laughs> i think 30 something boats and they they was whipping past us right and left and they're big big motors i had a 60 on that motor on that boat and uh but when we come back in we had caught a good limit of fish uh-huh. and uh i pulled up just parked right up on bank and my wife just got out and stepped on bank and the biggest bravest guy there said aren't you afraid of tearing your prop off and i i raised my motor up and he said well you already tore it off you know and so i had to explain to him what a jet boat was he had never seen one and and so then we took and gave rides and ran up the river and uh, we took second that day and it uh it made it opened some eyes there in that tournament and uh doug called me the next uh day they were open and said what did you do and four four guys had loaded into one truck and drove down looking at boats and so uh i i hear that story a lot from doug and you know part of it is being courteous out, out on the river you hear jet boats you hear canoes i don't i personally really don't have any problem i slow down i wave i i take it easy on them they're they're there to enjoy the river and i'm there to, to enjoy the river and most of the time we can go inhabit pretty well you, you bet. It, and boy, that all comes down to personal attitude. We could talk about that forever. But yeah, we all want to enjoy those resources. And I know your your reputation has been around for a long time. I've heard a lot of people talk about Nick Miller and uh, his conduct on, on the river. You know, I've, I've just never heard a negative remark about you. And that's, uh, that's certainly a great thing to say. And that's the reason I'm sure that uh, Cowtown, uh, offered you the job in the first place uh, i don't think they gave you a week off did they before you went to work over here <laughs> uh, i retired uh november 2nd and started november 3rd here so yeah i, I knew it was extremely quick but uh, you grew up in this part of the world correct yep yeah, yeah i'm a local boy yeah bourbon missouri Graduated yeah. 1984. 1984, and uh, you had to have grown up close to the Merrimack River then. Yeah, yeah. You know, back then, it uh, we had a small boat my dad had, and, and we'd uh, we'd fish the rivers, sometimes the Burbas, sometimes the Merrimack. And uh, over the years, I've kind of had two foot itis. I keep getting a boat two foot bigger until <laughs> until I landed in these legends and uh, and. You know they they are a bass boat made for the river that that you can also use on the lake, and uh, it is nice getting off in the summer at five o'clock, running down to the river and having two or three hours on the river. Boy, it, it gives you a, a lot bigger opportunity to fish than if you have to wait to go to a lake. It, it really does. Of course, I'm not. The, I'm not 15 minutes from the Merrimack. I think you're probably in a better part of it for a jet boat. But I can run up to Scotts Ford, you know, and put my little jet boat in and and uh, run up and and fish for trout or smallmouth, either one. But you know, I know you're a real smallmouth man. I know you like to catch anything, but I've seen you catch some pretty nice smallmouth in a few years that I've known you. Was your father a smallmouth fisherman? No, he just fished for whatever whatever he'd catch you know he was looking for something to eat probably yeah and uh he is the one that taught me his favorite month to fish was february to bass fish if it was iced out anyways and he'd always say that's when you catch the big the big ones and uh i agree with him that in the cool months is uh it's a different different river you have to fish a little different but 
there's a lot of big fish caught in the cooler months. There really are, and it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I do a lot of social media stuff and my Facebook stuff. There's memories that come up every day from last year, three, four, five. I even saw one the other day from eight years ago, but this morning one popped up. It was a fair-sized smallmouth I'd caught. I couldn't really tell what what the bait was but uh you know how you kind of work the cameras and work those fish and mm-hmm. shoot from a low angle and makes him look three times bigger than he really is you know so i reposted that this morning i might put it on cowtown's site i'm not sh- sure because i do post some stuff on your, your old sites occasionally but i made the comment you know cold weather's coming and that's when we catch some of the biggest fish of the year and you hit the nail on the head and i'm not gonna let you get get away from me without uh, giving us a few winter time fishing tips nick and it's just primarily when i have gone with you I've, uh, one of the first trips i made was uh where you was cool weather and boy i was impressed with the not only the size of fish you caught but the numbers of fish that you caught as well so what are the the key items that you watch for to kick you off into the winter fishing era in the winter time i like clear water right now we're two months low on rain for november so this is the kind of this kind of water you're looking for i like clear water i like light line and i like to fish slow sometimes you have to go small with your baits and uh the probably the biggest thing i like is the clear water really now what advantage does that give you as a fisherman well, you know, a lot of times they say that it is uh, the advantage of a fisherman to have dingy water, you know, a little little stained water. And that, you know, through the summer is true. But in the wintertime, it seems to, to the fish aren't moving as much. You know, they're, they're held up in certain areas. And they have to see that bait, and you have to entice them into biting sometimes. And uh, once you get them turned on, and once they get to hitting, that they do well. Yeah, well, it, it makes sense if you think about it, because with that colder water, colder temperatures, the fish are a little more lethargic. They're not as active as they were in the summertime. So it makes sense if uh, uh, you got clear water and you know where those fish are and you put that bait in front of them, they're going to see it. Yeah, you're more apt to catch them. So, yeah, that's that's a great tip. What about some other wintertime tips? You know, I'm, I'm trying to get deep in your pocket here. <laughs> Um, you know, you you want to prepare yourself for the winter too. You want to be comfortable. You you want to have good clothing. You want warm, flexible clothing, and you want to make sure that you're safe. Certainly, being safe is a key factor any time of year, but particularly Dick in in cold weather. And of course, I'm out every month of the year. I've been waterfowl hunting, and I had an old gentleman friend that fell in the water. Uh, back early in in the season, but it's still pretty cool. And his boat managed to get away from him. And if he hadn't had a PFD on, he would have drowned right there because he was far enough off the bank. He couldn't get his feet uh, on the bottom, and he had PFD. He was face down in the water, and a PFD popped and flipped him over on his back, and he was able to kick a little bit and get his feet uh, on the bottom finally and walk back up the bank. This guy was 84 years old. So that's a, that's a little difficulty too, but that's something that we always have to keep in mind, man. Uh, you, you see it all the time, and I see it. People running up and down these Ozark streams in their jet boats without a PFD on, and I, I've mentioned it to several people over the years. And their their usual comment, "Well, I can stand up in most places in this river." Well, that's might be most places, but sometimes where you have if you have a wreck you get thrown out of the boat and i got thrown out of a boat one time it can happen but uh you may be knocked unconscious all kinds of things could happen but that pfd is just great life insurance 
Well, this time of year, the water's low right now. Um, we we're talking about how clear it is, how low it is because of the lack of rain. You run the river enough, you're going to bottom one out eventually, you know. And getting a boat if you're fishing by yourself unstuck is no fun. So you want to make sure you have a good pair of rubber boots to where you can get out and push on the boat, get in a little deeper water, and get going again. You know, we it's not often you get one hung up but uh it it does happen every now and then i i can vouch for that statement too i've had about every catastrophe happen you can think about out on the river i'm probably not the best in a jet boat either you know sometimes i want to go new places and it's new places where you usually get in trouble because you you don't know uh the river all that well Uh, last february or february before last i uh I tapped bottom and got it a little stuck on a tournament at the Upper Merrimack <laughs> Club, and uh, it was uh, it was it was in a a spot where it was hard to get back into deeper water. And luckily, uh, a couple friends of mine came up and helped, and it took four of us to get it back. Oh my but, goodness! But you, that does happen. Yeah, you bet. The friends hadn't come along, you might still be there. Yep. <laughs> Well, I want to put you on the spot just a little bit, Nick. Okay. I, I know you're a tremendous fisherman and I admire you greatly, as, as do a lot of other people in this part of the world. But uh, I picked up a, a fabulous little book here recently, and uh, it's supposed to be a Christmas present, so I'm going to have to wrap this up when I get home, you know. <laughs> but Country Wisdom and Lore, uh, thousands of topics in here, but I'm always intrigued about uh, some, what some writers think or people from different parts of the country think. Now, I'm going to see whether you disagree or disagree with some of these statements. And uh, uh, it's, uh, the particular topic here is when to fish. It, uh, I've always said, boy, whenever i got time. You know? yep. But there are many theories, some of uh, them kind of conf- conflict each other, and as to the most important or favorable times for fishing. The following are some recommendations of rural folks now from different parts of the country. Now, you know yourself, you can get a bunch of fishermen together or hunters or whatever. Uh, You can get an argument to start real quick like when you go to throwing this kind of information out. But this book says the best time to fish is when the barometer is high or rising, true or false. Hmm. You know, I've I've had I'm going to cop out on this one because I've I've had good fishing days in in almost every situation, you know, and sometimes with low pressure coming in, you know, it turns on the fish and yep. and uh, I know like with with deer hunting, a lot of times your high pressure days are the best days too, so. Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, That's a tough one. And I've I, heard guys argue. I'll fish either condition. I, I oh, like to I will fish. too. All right. How about when a storm is coming? I, I've always found that to be one of the best times to fish. Me yep. too. And I think most of us will probably agree on that one. And of course, I, I probably these various comments have come from all four, four corners of the country, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. How about after a brief storm at any time of year? After you know, a storm. A lot of times, it says any time of the year. I know during the summer, a lot of times a storm will come along. It knocks bugs into the water. You know, it changes the uh, the way the wind blew maybe and, and pushed the, the bait fish out from one side to the other. But it seems to really fire up the fish. It, it does. Now, it's interesting because I was one of the finest smallmouth fishermen I ever knew. He used to work with me at UPS many decades ago, Vern Clemens, and he's been gone for quite some time, but he was good old Ozark 
boy too, and he loved to fish way up on the Gasconade. Uh, in fact, we floated it a lot of time in a paddle, John. Jet boats couldn't even get up there, but Vern knew the river so well, he could just about around every turn, you know. I th- he had some of those fish named, I think. <laughs> He'd tell me. Caught him that many times. Oh, so. yeah. He, he said, I'm, I'm going to catch a two-pounder right here. And, boy, he was just pretty much on, on target. But Vern swore that the fishing was lousy after a major storm because fish were afraid of thunder and lightning. He could have a heavy storm, and he wouldn't fish for several days. Did you ever hear anything like that one? I, I have not found that, no. But that doesn't mean that it's not true, Vern. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> exactly I just right. I just hadn't found that. Yeah. Okay, how about during a steady light rain? I, uh, I've had some of my best bluegill days on a steady light rain. They're on crickets and a bobber out there, and, uh, and I, I enjoy to catch a good mess of bluegill and fry them up. And uh, that's always, as I grew up, some of my best bluegill days was uh, steady light rain days. Well, I've had some incredible fishing in in steady light rain. And one of the biggest fish I ever hooked, I never got to see it, was a kid fishing down in a swamp. And uh, it was just pouring down rain and lightning, you know. But I just got out of the cotton field hoeing cotton. I wasn't mm-hmm. about to give up fishing. I didn't care if it uh, God sent another flood. I was going to stick with it, you know. And uh, hooked just a monster of a fish. And, of course, around the end of my line, broke my 10-pound test line. But it was raining so hard you couldn't see your hand in front of your face, you know. I swore it was an alligator. <laughs> yeah, I I think it knocks a lot of bugs in the water. That, that runoff from little ditches runs that muddy water in, washes some earthworms and, and different sources of food in. Lots I, of food. I, I think it can really turn the fish on. Oh, I know, no no doubt about it in my mind wind this was always a big discussion you know among fishermen when the wind is from the south or west or while any offshore breeze is blowing is that a good time to fish uh you you know the saying and uh (laughs) and i i agree that a lot of times the north wind can turn some fish off a little bit and an east wind you know in this part of the country anyways we really have an east wind and so it's a it's a different kind of weather pattern if it's an east wind and uh so i i i'll bite on that the uh i think the south and the uh, west winds are the best for this area yep wind out of the east fish bite the least Hey, we're having a great time here. Don't go away, folks. We're going to be right back. But Nick Miller and I over at Cowtown USA, we're going to take a short break uh, so you can hear from our banker, of all things. He tells us how to spend our money. In particular, he's talked to us quite often about uh, the processes to go to to get loans to buy land. Everybody's trying to buy land these days. You want to put your place up for sale, Nick? We can sell it. No, I think we we downsized and... Now that I'm retired and don't have quite as many kids living at home anymore, <laughs> I think we're going to uh, just stay put. Okay, we're going to stay put too, folks, so get those groceries carried in. Be safe driving home. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Hey, everyone, Brandon Licklider here with the Marys County Bank. Um, the last show, we talked a little bit about the pre-qualification process and what documents would be needed um, to kind of start that process. Um, today, I'm going to move into the next stage, which I would consider the review stage of the application. 
Um, and of course, on the banking side, we're going to go through some generic things, equity position and repayment ability, prior performance that you've had. Um, but the main thing that's going to happen in this stage is we're going to have kind of an interview process with you where we try to figure out how this purchase works into your long range plan. Um, there's a lot of different ways to, uh, to purchase these properties. There's different products and there's different ways of getting there. Um, some people have, maybe they have a lot of equity in one property that they need to transition to this new one. Uh, we have some temporary financing or some things in place to help make that feasible. Um, so really we're going to sit down and kind of see where you're at now and where you want to be, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now and where this property fits into your future plan. Um, the end result of that process is we can look at potential products or some potential financing scenarios um, to kind of give you an idea of, of what the financing would look like and how feasible it is for your own plan moving forward. Um, and then, of course, at the end of that process, uh, if everything goes well, we end with a pre-qualification letter that allows you to go out and start generating offers for those properties and, and be ready to move on them as they hit the market and they're available. Um, in closing, I just want to mention, of course, Brandon Licklider with the Marys County Bank. Uh, we are an equal housing lender and member FDIC. Um, and if you'd like to run over a possible scenario with me or, or visit with me about a potential property, uh, I can be reached at 573-265-4600. Welcome back to segment two here of Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I'm happy to say always tickled and thrilled to be over at Cowtown USA, and particularly with Nick Miller, because I'm always bending his ear and try to twist his arm, get a little extra information out of him. I can tell you he's pretty tight-lipped when it comes comes to fishing, but... On the other hand, too, Nick uh, has spent a lot of time on our Ozark streams, talked to lots of fishermen, and I'm sure helped lots of fishermen over the decades, and he's still doing that. But uh, Nick uh, spent a lot of his time now as a power sports salesman over at Cowtown USA. And, uh, Nick, you're in uh, that power sports uh, uh, division and selling lots of ATVs, UTVs, and spiders, and about anything that's got wheels on it, though. So, Whatever inspired you to to do this sort of thing? Well, uh, it was by accident. Yeah, sometimes accidents turn out well. (laughs) I was retiring uh, as being a paramedic and running an ambulance service after 26 years and uh, just kind of fell into this. Um, There was an opening coming up, and and I've always got along with Rick and Doug great. Great guys. uh, Yep, and Doug said, you know, why don't you do this? And I thought why don't I maybe do this? And he said, let's go talk to Rick. And it just happened. And uh, Well, that was a good fit. I, I, I tell you what, it's, it's great to see you here. And, of course, I always like to, if I'm anywhere close, I stop in just to chat with you guys uh, when I get a chance. And it, it's great to get an opportunity. I'm surprised Doug let you uh, get away long enough here to do a podcast with me. But what's going on in that world of ATVs and UTVs and spiders and all that stuff here at Cowtown USA? Have you got any to sell? We do have some to sell. Um, we have, just like the, the auto industry, had our challenges. It, uh, we held up real well to it for part of the year, part of last year and this year, but it, it caught up to us a little bit, just like everything has. Uh, parts are hard to get, and when you can't get parts, it's hard to make vehicles. But 
we have some in stock. Uh, I don't know if you saw the nice blue Defender HD9 oh, that yeah. we had. Yeah, it's like a diamond shining out <laughs> yeah. in the parking lot. It's hard to miss. Yeah, we have that ready to go. Somebody could come get it today. Um, we have uh, a couple of uh, six-seater Defenders that's getting built right now that we're going to be able to sell. Most of our stuff nowadays comes in sold. You have to order it, or wow. we order it, and people put a deposit on it. We do real easy uh, uh, terms on the deposit. Some some of our competitors do 10%, 20% down. We do generally a $500 deposit You know that comes off the total price of your vehicle, and that holds it as yours, uh, marks it, and has sold and, until it's ready to go, and, and you get out the door with it. Well, that's a pretty sweet deal in this day and time, you know, I- Remember a year or so ago, and things got pretty scarce. And I drive by here, and boy, hardly any boats in the lot. UTVs were scarce as well. And uh, but still, you guys managed to set sales records in the last year or so. It's just been an incredible year, not only for you guys, but lots of businesses in the outdoor industry. And that, that uh, kind of tickles me pink because. Of course, I've been promoting outdoors for over 50 years, and I love to see people have a good time. But I know myself from all these decades of experience, you know, we all like to have good equipment. And it's wise if you're going to spend a lot of time in the outdoors to get as good equipment as you can absolutely afford. And I'm a... And I've never been a big ATV or UTV fan because I went through parks and recreation schools back in the 60s and 70s when the three-wheelers were first coming on the scene. Yes, sir. And we were kind of taught a bias against them as land managers because people were tearing up a lot of land and, you know, causing some erosion problems and that sort of thing. And, and of course, I started raising a family, and the kids, you know, saw those things, and they wanted them, you know. And I always said, well, good Lord gave you two good legs. You can use those, you know. And they never really broke down and bought one. But when I hooked up, uh, I got a little older. The older I got, the sweeter those things started looking, you know, because – Sure, make it a little easier to get up and down some of these Ozark hills. And then I went to a lot of media camps, uh, hunting camps that had the, particularly the UTVs when they started coming on real strong. And, man, that was pretty sweet to be able to throw your equipment in the back of one of those things, pack three or four guys in them, drop guys off along the way, and then somebody come back and picks you up at a point in time. I mean, I fell in love with them, and then wasn't too long after that I hooked up with, with Cowtown. Those guys got in the habit of kind of loaning me one during deer season, turkey season, or whatever, and uh, shot a lot of videos and just really fell in, in, in love with them. But uh, what, Nick? Today, I'm talking, you know, 2021, we're looking at 2022 here in in just a couple, three weeks. What is the biggest appeal to average Joe out there that's looking for a UTV? What's he wanting? Well, it it depends because we have something for everybody. A lot of people, this is a way of life now. Uh, Farmers, construction workers, they use theirs nonstop. Um, we had a gentleman trade one in the other day, and it's only a couple of years old, and he, he has 7,000 miles on it. Wow. It, it is part of his farm, just as his tractor is, just as his truck is. And for a lot of people, it's recreation. Yeah. yeah. We were all sitting around bumming, wearing <laughs> our mask in our own homes, you know, not knowing what to do. Exactly. And people got you know, kind of tired of it. Oh, and they wanted fever, to get man. out. Yeah, cabin fever. They wanted to get to the outdoors. And the demand went up 
huge. You know, people buying campers, people buying side-by-sides. You know, they want to get out and they want to enjoy life and they still want to social distance. And you were talking about the, uh, you know, terrain and stuff. A, a lot of people have their own property to ride on now. Right. And they they like side-by-sides for that. A lot of people go backroading on them. You know, they get a county tag and they spend the day out exploring the back roads. Also, there's there's places for side-by-sides now. There's side-by-side parks where you can go, you can mud, you can go up the hills, you can climb the rocks, you can cross the creeks, you can do all that stuff that's that's fun in these things, and you're not hurting anything. That property is there for that. Exactly. And so there's a, there's a lot of different units out there. There's There's units that go fast there's there's units that uh that jump you know there's there's units that uh do work and uh and some of them are crossbred units uh our commander rick's gonna kick me for this but i call it a reverse mullet because uh it's got a bed in the back so you can work like a defender but it's got a sport frame in the front you know Uh and so it's got a hundred horsepower motor and and you can have a lot of a lot of fun in it, but it's it's uh, work in the back and party in the front. You know, it's a reverse <laughs> mullet. <laughs> uh, well, hey, that's a good way of putting it. I'm sure that would appeal to lots of people. But, Nick, you mentioned several things here that you can do with these, but I've seen some really good things come out of these things, too. Uh, Doug and I have more than once have taken, you know, a new U- UTV over to uh, – uh, oh, no – Huzal, Huzal Valley Resort, and they got some pretty rough backcountry there that they've let us film on and run through. Yep. But I was at an event there a few months ago called Ride for a Reason, I yep. think. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, yeah. And what a tremendous program. And, and, I mean, I couldn't believe the hundreds and hundreds of riders that showed up there. And they all paid an interest fee. That money was going to, a, I think, a cancer cause, if I'm not mistaken. You know, there's uh there's a lot of those events going on. Ride for the reason, ride for a reason is probably the biggest one in Missouri, at least the biggest one I know of. Mm-hmm. But there's other ones that we've had locally. Um, we sponsored one uh, just a few months ago that went to charity too. I, f- I forgot what it was for, but it uh, it went for charity also, and it it's a good time. People get to go have fun and get to help others at the same time. Well, that's hard hard to beat when you can put all those together. But it just fascinates me. You know, I thought if I ever bought one of these things, that well, I, I want to go, you know, as far away as I can get and probably be by myself. But these people really congregate together. I've got a nephew uh, over St. Charles, Missouri. He and his wife ride a lot. And they may go out west, be gone for two or three weeks, and, you know, stay at various campgrounds and different events that's going on. But it's like anything else. It's like bass fishermen flock together, you know. Mm-hmm. Turkey hunters or deer hunters, they got their language that they talk. Do UTVers have a language of their own that they talk? Oh, yeah. You know, everybody's into horsepower. Everybody's <laughs> into uh, to this and that. Uh, you never, I never heard of an intercooler until I got to selling side-by-side. Now, what is an intercooler? It, uh, it, it's going to boost your horsepower. <laughs> I got you. And that's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. It, it 
It really is. But isn't it fabulous, though, to see people, like-minded people, that'll get together and they help each other. You know, it's not just all a competition. Mine's bigger than yours or prettier yours or got more horsepower mm-hmm. than each other. But some of these people really got some technical savvy. I've kind of eavesdropped on some of them at times. I don't really know what they're talking about. But uh, people have educated themselves about UTVs and safety and that that sort of thing as well. And there's lots of opportunities for them to do that. I'm sure there's some websites that are available. And when you guys sell a UTV, do you give a safety speech as such or have manuals that go with the vehicle? Sure, there's a manual with it, and we do a full walkthrough on every every vehicle so that they're familiar with their vehicle, they know its limitations, and they know how to uh, operate it. There you go. And, I, yeah, I've done many videos with Doug uh, over the years on the UTVs, and it always fascinates me. I mean, I'm thinking, hey, you know, we're going to do a walk around this video. We can do that in two minutes. No, that doesn't happen. You yeah. know? <laughs> he's a real detailed guy. He is. And quite often I don't understand what he's talking about, but he's very patient. He covers every possible detail. Once in a great while, I'll catch him. Oh, I missed this back here. Let's go back here and, and cover this aspect so that we keep you safe and you know what to look for. You know how to maintain these things. You know when to bring them in for a maintenance schedule and all that sort of thing. When uh, when we're talking about different uses, it also keeps a lot of people in the game. You know, a lot of people wouldn't be able to deer hunt anymore if they didn't have a side-by-side excellent point you know and i can remember the day when i was younger and uh, a little robust and go get them you know uh there's always arguments that come up you remember the days when mm-hmm. when the compound both first come on the scene all yeah. the guys that were using the old recurves and stuff all oh, those guys are gonna kill all the deer you know and then uh, now it's crossbows yeah when the crossbows come on oh, the, i even thought myself oh my gosh man the deer are gonna disappear you know <laughs> well guess who got old enough they needed a crossbow <laughs> And just in the case of the, the bow hunters, the average bow hunter drops out at age 49 because of wrist, elbow, and shoulder problems. So yep. crossbows have kept a lot of those guys in. So likewise, in the UTVs, how many thousands of people do you think we've kept in, in the deer and turkey hunting because they can now use a UTV to ride out? And in some cases, they can get special permits if they need to stay in that vehicle mm-hmm. to hunt. You know, so. Yeah. I, uh, I'm approaching 60 soon a couple more years oh you're, you're and still uh, just a pup <laughs> yeah but i was pretty hard on this body i didn't know i was gonna live this long <laughs> and uh even even uh i i go outdoors all the time when when i went rabbit hunting with lee last year we loaded my beagles in the back and we jumped from this spot to that spot and used his defender and that saved my legs a lot of work Absolutely. and uh they're they're just countless ways that you can use a UTV or or an ATV. Absolutely. Well, we we can't close this segment out without you uh, telling people how they can get a hold of you or how you know get on your website or whatever at Cowtown USA. Sure, come by see us four thirteen Daniels Road, Cuba, Missouri. We're open Tuesday through Friday from eight a.m. to five thirty, and on Saturdays we do a half day nine to one close Sunday, Mondays. You can always visit our website at CowtownUSAInc.com and give us a call at 573-885-6300. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. This is my favorite part of the podcast. I've got DJ Fitzgerald. What a name. That's a mouthful. Say that five times fast. Yeah, right? I bet you're in fifth grade before you learn how to spell that. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was. <laughs> well, I got DJ with me. He's in the power sports division, takes care of, I guess, most of the sales for parts and that sort of thing. Yep, parts and service. Parts and service. Been at it a long time. Yeah, yeah, been here going on nine years. Nine years. Yeah. And you hailed from way down southeast in the hills. Uh, yes, yeah. My family's from Lesterville, Missouri, but I, li- I reside in St. Clair. St. Clair, we well, are not too far away. No. Well, man, you get, you get you probably stay as busy as anybody at Cowtown USA back in that service department. We I try to. You guys, Rick likes it that way. Yeah, I bet he does. The boss keep the boss happy. Huh? That's right. Well, I see you guys scurrying around all over the place, talking to people, and on the phones. The phones are constantly ringing. It seems seems like. And, yeah. You know, this is a great time of year for you guys too. It is uh, coming up on Busy Christmas season. here pretty quick, and people. Uh, Got all those ATVs, UTVs, spiders, and gosh, anything that's got wheels on it, I think you guys deal with. Yes, pretty much. Um, we service just about anything, mainly the Can-Am, you know. Sure. If we can get parts, you know, and, and service manuals and tools for other units, we'll service them. But a lot of the newer computerized stuff is tough, you know, but we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, I've seen you guys figure out some things I thought was pretty much hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm not much of a mechanic type. You know, I always rather come to you guys and let you solve my problems. Sure. But I said this was the most fun uh, part of the podcast. Uh, every other week we do these things, and I, I wasn't talking about you, DJ. I was sure. It's giveaway, <laughs> man. It's giveaway time. You Everybody know? likes a giveaway. They, they do. You know, I've got 17, 18 sponsors that give us a uh, – Every other week when we have the podcast, we have a $100 gift certificate to give away. And sometimes that's services, you know, people like the Academy gift cards. So you can go to over Academy and buy whatever you want. You yeah, know? it can be used towards anything here in the store. Um, it can be used for accessories. So that's 100 bucks that you can spend here at Cowtown USA. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, that is just in the service department. That on is the power sports, I'm sorry. Power sports, yes, yeah, yes. okay. But it can be used for, like I said, anything. $100 towards accessories. It can be used, you know, $100 towards a new unit. Anything over here on the power sports side. So when they come in with their certificate, uh uh, they're going to have to come talk to DJ Fitzgerald. Yes, sir. If they got a unit in the shop and they want to put $100 towards their bill, that's fine. Cool, cool, cool. Anybody can use $100. Well, we got a pot full of names here, a hat. You know, sometimes I've got guys that's got uh, 10-gallon hats. <laughs> I just got an old beat-up old. Abe Lincoln. <laughs> Stove pop hat. Now i got a good old baseball cap. <laughs> All right, who's the lucky winner? Let's see here. It's like Rob and Lisa Reschke. Reschke? Reschke. Can you spell that? Uh, yeah, if I think about it, R-E-S-C-H-K-E, I believe. Okay, where are Rob and Lisa from? They're from Arkansas, actually. Arkansas? Yes. Well, buddy, I tell you what, usually I contact these people and, and uh, tell them they've won and set them up and everything, but I think I'm going to put this monkey on your back. That'd be fine. Take care of I'd that. Be happy. Yeah, I'd take All care right. of that. Well, you be sure and tell them they won that not only through Cowtown USA, one of our best sponsors, but also Living the Dream Outdoor podcast. Will do. And I'm sure they'll put that hundred bucks to good use. They will. And tell them I'm always willing to help. If they, right. if they don't want to use that hundred bucks, give it. You'll to Bill take Cooper. it. <laughs> I'll take it. Take it right off the right hand. Well, DJ man, if uh, people want to. Uh, uh, check you out. I hope we're at Cowtown USA. Uh, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, they can call us here at the store, 573-885-6300. Ask for me. Um, or they can uh, hop on our website, um, cowtownusainc.com. 
You bet. And you, you've got lots of things right on that website for them to look for. They do, yes. You, you, you got anything that's worthy of a Christmas present? Uh, besides a $100 gift card? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we got all kinds of things. Yeah. All kinds of things. Got Insta- lo- lots of gadgets and attachments you can put on those UTVs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just came out of gun season, rifle season. Right. But, you know, we got um, uh, gear, gun grips and stuff like that for the ATVs, the UTVs, and we... You, I wouldn't say you name it, we got it, but we got a lot of stuff, and if we don't have it, we can get it. Well, you know, of course, I've been working for you guys in PR for quite a few years sure. now, and in my little bit younger days, I used to along my UTVs and that sort of thing for deer camps and turkey camps, and boy, I've always, it amazed me every year, the new attachments they're putting on those yep. things, you know. Uh, man, I don't know if I want to hunt. I just want to ride this thing around. Right. <laughs> heated, heated steering wheels, heated seats, Oh, AC, I got to tell you, you'll laugh. First year we we got a big machine took down to Shannon County to our deer camp, and uh, we got a unit with the heated seats on it. And as smart as we were in camp, we couldn't figure out how to turn the heated seats on. We had blisters on our butts before the hot butt. See, hot season seat. was over. And some old guy looked like he's 90 years old. I didn't even know him. He showed up at camp, and he's checking that machine out, you know, and we're complaining about the heated seats, and, mm. and they don't turn off. The guy walks up here looking at the boards right here's where you turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a good funny. old country wisdom. That's you know? right. That's we talked right. about that earlier in the show. Yeah. Okay, DJ, I know you get need to get back to work, man, and sell, oh, yeah. sell some more accessories and that's machines, right. And but thanks for being on the program. No problem. Thanks for having me, Bill. You bet. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I'm glad to say here in the last segment, I've got a gentleman with me whom I've learned to respect over the few years that I've known him, and he's a fabulous trout fisherman, fly fisherman in the Ozarks, and he's a name that's growing in popularity, Mr. Stacy Gibson from right here in St. James, Missouri, and he's got Gibson Custom Rods. Stacy, i got to tell you, you know, right off your right elbow, there's... The most beautiful rod on <laughs> this rod rack, and I've got several of those scattered up throughout the house, and uh, I dare say it's the most beautiful rod. Thank you, Bill. Glad you like of it. Of all those. I absolutely love it. You put that rod in my hand. It's a spinning rod. You put that in my hands a few months ago, and I really abused it. You'd almost be ashamed of me, I think, but I looked at that, and and I usually like a pretty stiff rod. This this rod's got a little more action to it. Right. I thought, man, I don't know if this thing's going to stand up to a big smallmouth. You know, it's a light spinning rod, I think, if I'm Yes, remember. it's it's a six-foot ultralight. Um, and like I told you when I gave it to you, I said, use it. Use it like you to paddle or whatever you need to do. Well, um, I immediately marched down to the Merrimack just 15, 20 minutes away and hiked way up the river, and I found a back bay just full of gar. Now, I'm talking <laughs> dudes, you know, up close to three feet, and uh, those are pretty brutal pictures you sent me. They were, yeah, right? I know, they, right? I thought oh, he's he could have browbeat me something terrible Absolutely when he sees these pictures. But man, I manhandled those fish with with that rod. Yeah, I had to I had to work them a little bit. I only had four pound test line on that thing. I'm throwing little rooster tails, and it it was a little tough to. Yeah, you I stuck excellent. a lot of them, but I landed six of them. Well, that's excellent. I mean, I'm glad the rods hold up. And that's why I'm putting them out there, and it's why I'm putting them to the test. I personally, on my personal rods, I do the same thing. I put it to the test. I want to know if I'm putting out a good product or not. 
Well, uh, I'm here to tell you, I was extremely impressed. And I just kept praying, you know, hope I don't break this thing. Hope I don't break this thing. He'll beat me with the pieces, you know. But, it, uh, I mean, I handled the fish, gave plenty of time, and it just literally wore them out and slid them up onto the gravel bar. Extremely impressed. I'm not going to do that anymore. I've, uh, oh, I've, put her to the test. That. I've caught lots of trout on it, and, uh, man, is it an ever beautiful piece. Had lots Thank of comments you. on it. You know, it's brightly colored. Mine's red, white, and blue, I think, kind of patriotic. And uh, people absolutely love them. But, Stacy, I can't imagine taking off on a project like this and and building something of such not, not only utility but beauty. You're proud to have that thing in your hand. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm after. These with the marbled rods, um, the color pigments and stuff, they are truly a one of a kind. I can never reproduce any rod ever again to look like it. It is truly yours with well, your name on it and everything. Absolutely. You talk about, uh, man, I, we should have done this program months ago because then we could advertise for Christmas. We're just a couple of ways, oh, Lordy. A couple of weeks away from Christmas, so there's there's no getting a Stacy Gibson uh, rod between now and, and, and getting, Christmas. But yes. I, I'm telling everybody out there, man, if, if you've got a fisherman in your life, who's dead serious now about fishing. Uh, I mean, I you could buy this for a novice, but I see them in my mind's eye. I see these rods going into the hands of guys we would call sages. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very personal. They're a very personal rod. And that's what it's about is when you get this deep into it, that's all you want is your own stuff. Exactly. That, that is your personal piece. Well, I can tell you, a guy in my seventh decade, how meaningful it is to have a rod in my hand that someone's built that I know and whom I respect. And I've only got two of Mark Van Patten built me a little two-weight fly rod many nice. decades ago. And these two rods... I mean, if if somebody come in with a gunpoint, I'd be begging them. You can have them all. Don't take <laughs> yeah, these take, two. Take you the know? rest of them. Don't take, yeah, yeah, don't take these these two because they really do. They're just a treasure to me. And and uh, boy, it's going to be some very special person that inherits these rods after I'm gone. You yeah. know, I'll have to think long and hard about that. Yeah, you make sure you got all your all your ducks in a row on that deal. Uh, absolutely. You don't want to put that stuff in just anybody's hands. I mean, it's somebody who means a world to you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is just like some of my most treasured possessions. Uh, you know, I'm not a rich man. don't have a lot of money piled up, so I'm not going to look because I spend it all on fishing rods. Yeah, yeah I, get, I understand. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> you, you do understand that because uh, yeah. the, there are people out there that the outdoors means so much to them. And we have to have tools, and we've been at it long enough. We like good tools. You know, it's just and like a great mechanic's got very expensive ex tools. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the way this equipment is. And in that post I put up of my new nine foot six weight, did I chuck it in the river? I've had so many people go, oh my God, you're seriously doing this to new rods. I go, look, you know, these are tools. I use them. I do not abuse them. But, you know, things have got to be blessed. And what a better way to bless something than in the water that gives you the blessings. That's the way I see it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'll tell you, uh, if I had more years left, I, I think I'd be tracking you pretty 
closely and be planning on writing a book down the road. But <laughs> but you need to work with a younger <laughs> younger man. Oh no, for no, that. no, Bill, but, you're doing good. But take take the notes and uh, write the memories down. And I, I I see you take a lot of photographs, so you're getting uh, lots of material for the Facebook sites you're working on. And uh, it'll be a treasure in the future as well because uh, I've seen so many dozens of people start in their garages in my lifetime. You know, back there in the late 60s and the yes. 70s, when it just seemed like the outdoor industry just exploded. And right. I saw so many people get started in a garage, you know, with, by themselves or with a buddy. And before you know it, they're selling out to larger companies or just right yeah their business explodes and i could very easily see that happening to you well you know that's what that's the whole goal in this is making this my lifestyle is the outdoors instead of relying on you know a day-to-day hour-to-hour job is have the ultimate lifestyle the outdoors you you betcha well you've i don't now, I can ask you how old you are. You're not a woman, so uh-huh. I, can, I can get away with that. But I know that you you spent your entire lifetime right here in the Missouri Ozarks chasing trout. I have. Smallmouth? I travel. I moved down here 13 years ago. and But where I was from, I still fished all the time. And one of the reasons for me relocating to here is because of the rivers, because of the clear water. And because of these pretty golden colors. Absolutely, absolutely. And I come from a similar background, I guess. I came from southeast Missouri, muddy water. Correct. You know, bayou country, Mississippi River country. But I had an uncle that uh, came out of East St. Louis. He used to work for Monsanto, and he uh, talked about clear water, <laughs> beautifully colored fish that you could yeah. see in the water. I thought, this, this guy's yeah. from outer space or something, you know. But he, he was talking about Montauk. He went to Montauk to fish all the time. And yes. he was a great inspiration to me. Now I began to read about fly fishing. And, and of course, I dreamed of fishing the great mountain streams and all that sort of thing, uh, paying for my own subscription right. to outdoor life. And I never dreamed it would ever turn into what it has, you know. I went, went to college, uh, came to the Ozarks, the superintendent of Merrimack Spring Park, and then went to work for the state at Bennett Springs State Park and got so fascinated with the trout waters. And I remember right. the first time I saw Merrimack Spring, a forestry professor brought me down. It was on a Saturday opening day, over 3,000 people there. Yeah, that's more than my, my taste. Yeah, I, I'd never seen anything like that, and I made the statement, I'll never be caught dead doing that. Yes. Uh, but... I've evolved, and I love fishing at the trout parks, but right. near and dear to my heart, you know, is the rivers yes. and, the, and the wild streams. And you are making the, the tools that will allow a guy, shouldn't say guy, lady or gentleman. Any person on the face of the earth. Yeah, but you're making the tools to cover all of those waters, whether you Correct. want to fish the trout parks or you want to go to the uh, the 11th Point, the Merrimack, the Current, Niangua, all those rivers. Yes. you got the tools to tackle those streams. If you want an ultralight spinning rod, you want a 9-foot heavy-duty jig and pig rod, if you want a 6.62 weight, 9-foot 6 weight, you name it, it's out there. I mean... And the problem is I've had several people ask me, what's these things cost? That's a very hard question to answer. Let's talk. You know, Right. Because everyone's different. Everyone's different. 
And I've wanted to build rods for quite some time. Jerry Cook, our, our very good friend. Right. And we lost him a year ago. It was something I would never attempt against Jerry mm-hmm. because I respected that man, and he was a very good friend of ours. Yeah, absolutely. I just wouldn't do it. I, After he passed, made some phone calls, did some thinking. Everybody said, do it, do it, do Absolutely. It. I think we all jumped on board. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I would love to have had one of Jerry's rods. Oh, me too. But 1300 bucks, that was that was out of my, my realm. And Yeah, mine too. But, you know, now after getting into this, I understand why. I'm sure. The blank alone that he was starting with was 500 bucks. Right. So it's all about what what do you want in the end? What do you want? Do you want functional? Do you want feasible? Do you want high end? Just be aware that if you want high end, be ready. Right. It comes at a cost. Absolutely. But we, we're all, you know, talk about guys our age. We've been around long enough that we understand quality. We understand Correct. cost. But we understand also the end benefits because we've seen good rods in our lifetimes. We've had them Absolutely. in our in our hands, you know, and that's one of the reasons I love going to the Yucatan and Mexico. I get to fish for some of those captains that's been doing this for a long time. And, boy, some of the rods uh, that they have, even for clients to use, I can't believe sometimes they're putting those rods in my uh, hands, you know. But it's just such a joy and such an experience, you know. It's like a fine wine, man. You pick up a fine rod, and it's completely matched that fly rod with the right reel, the right line, yes. the tippets, and everything. And then you get put in a beautiful situation. I mean, I love the Caribbean waters, oh, particularly along the coastline. It's gorgeous. It's just absolutely gorgeous. But you don't want to, <laughs> I'll say it like this, it sounds crude, but you don't want to go to a gorgeous place with an ugly rod. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it. The other very cool thing about this, and I really didn't think about it a lot when I did this. My thing is, I wanted to know, everybody know it was their rod. That's why I put their name on it. And I'll tell you what, that is one of the coolest pieces of this. I've never had a rod of my own until now. And to look down and see my name on it, that, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I, I can't imagine that that feeling because I don't have an artistic bone in my body. You know, <laughs> it'd be a waste of material and a waste of time, money, and everything. If I think if I attempted to do something like this, but I do have a deep, deep appreciation for not only the people that do this sort of thing, but that end product because it is a work of art. Thank you. Yes, it is, and I mean, there's a great deal of time put into these. It's everybody said, "Well, why is why can I go to Walmart for thirty bucks?" There's a reason. I mean, I I have some pretty decent high-end fly rods. I've taken them in to where I build rods. I've put them under the light, and I see a difference. Now, now that I know what I'm looking for, I can tell a difference. I can tell that that is a, just a, a built rod. I mean, it's a store-bought rod. Right. Right. Well, uh, Stacy, something I've seen. Now, you've just been doing this a relatively short period of time, but uh, uh, our close fly fishing friends, of course, we're all oohing and on, and and, <laughs> and I think we're going to see some uh, some of this uh, play going on. They call it one-upmanship, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, it, and you're only going to benefit from that. <laughs> hey. I talk to Doug Davis quite often, and every time I say, oh, you're see what Stacy's working on, you know? But... 
in the short time that you've been doing this, now you already had some connection in the outdoors, but you've made some mighty fine connections in the last few months. I think that that's going to help uh, spring you off the board when it comes yes. to, to building these rods. I've been very fortunate. I uh, got to meet up with a couple of great guys, Jeremy and Jacob Patterson, last weekend, uh, J&J Fly Fishing. Two super fantastic guys. I mean, solid, and yes, they do know what they are doing. And they are guiding as well. Um, he will be guiding on Smithville Lake. Uh, give him a holler, and he'll hook you up. I mean, if you want to do it on the fly, if you want to catch crappie on the fly, walleye on the fly, do whatever. He'll put you on it. Or if you want to just use spinning tackle, because I'm pretty sure he's probably going to have a couple custom spinning rods on that boat. <laughs> Can't imagine that. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I have plugged uh, guides for decades uh i've seen it happen so many times you know being in the outdoor business the tourism industry uh people take vacations and they want to they want to fish you know they don't know what equipment to have or just don't know really anything about it but i've watched kind of two types of individuals people shows up goes to walmart and buys a cheap rod maybe even for the kids and the wife right and they fish and they fish and they fish and they get frustrated but you can spend a little bit of money and get a top quality guide no oh, that seems like a lot of money but man they're going to put you on the fish they're going to have good equipment you're going to have a good time memories are going to yeah. be made and you're probably going to come back well and you know i've done a lot of this the old-fashioned hard way hunting pack yep and like i said if you can get in with some good guys you know with the bow fishing with brian wilson absolutely at stained water bow fishing, I mean, solid guys. Everybody is that we're running around with and know very well. And, you know, give them all a chance because they're on the water every day. Or if they're not on it every day, they're not missing many. Well, and if they're not on the water, they're repairing equipment or getting new equipment or <laughs> yes. whatever. These guys walk, talk, live, and breathe this stuff. It, it is funny. I I had a couple people kind of gouge me when Brian and I first hooked up. You're a fly fisherman, and he's a bow fisherman? What's the deal, you know? I said, hey, it's all, we all love the outdoors. We go at it in different ways, but we all respect each other and understand what one another's trying to accomplish. Yes. And the important thing, and I told Brian, Brian's a big old burly boy. You know, oh, yeah. He kind of stood and looked at me and batted my eyes like he thought I was crazy. <laughs> I had him cornered one day. I was kind of preaching to him. I said, Brian Wilson, you need to understand something. All you young fellows, I'm trying to teach you the same thing. You're you're out there to start this business because you love it. You're eat up with it. Your, your dad's told me that. I've watched you. I've watched videos. I've gone on the boats with you. And it's just an absolute deep passion of yours. But you need to get through your thick head and understand that what you're doing is important. Correct. It, it's important to the future of hunting and fishing in this yes. country. You're teaching people how to do things correctly. You're giving them a good time. You're making these memories. And, they're, man, they're going to tell their grandkids about this stuff. And we want their grandkids in the sports. Their grandkids, their friends at work, over the coffee pot in the morning. What did you do last night? Oh, my God, you can't believe this guy I went out with. You know, we, we went out and shot fish all night. Or we went to the river and caught fish all day. This guy knew what he was doing. The reason is because that guy's put his time in on the water. He's done his research. He's done his part of the job. And now he put you on it the same way. Exactly. But they're teaching. Yes. And, and Brian has come so far. I've watched him. Uh, 
I post a lot of stuff on his page. I grab a lot of his stuff and transfer it to Cowtown's page because he doesn't do that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of do some of it for him. But he got a new phone, I think, here a while back, and his photography skills have skyrocketed, <laughs> man, with that phone and the videos. And right. he's just burning it up. And uh, Damon Spurgeon did the same thing, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters. I've worked with him over the years as he's developed his business. Another man is just deadly on, on the rivers, you know, right. fly fishing. And, and uh, he just stays so busy. Uh, you guys, uh, I sometimes I don't know whether to be envious or just – Hate, hate you, you know, because you you guys are so talented and good at what you do. Thank you. But above all, all of you in the same fishbowl, you know, I applaud you and I try to encourage you guys. And I, want, I don't want... I don't want your head swelling, you know. <laughs> well, I appreciate all the good words. <laughs> yeah, me. I don't want your head swelling, point, blowing your ears off the side of right? your head. But I, I, I want you all to sincerely understand that what you're doing is important. It's not just a hobby or something right. that you're doing, you know, just for, hey, it's something to pass the time. It's a passion for all of you guys. And to me, you're the cream of the crop. The guys that we've just talked about are yeah. at the top of the game in their and their respective uh, yeah, no, areas absolutely. of fishing. And, you know, if you can make somebody smile at the end of the day and you've taught them how to do it, to me that's priceless. You hit the nail on the head. I think that's the greatest reward we can have. Sure, we like to make a little money. I've enjoyed making a little money over the 50 years I've been doing this, and it's taken me yeah. all the way from Alaska to the Yucatan, you know, so, <laughs> so I, no complaints whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I met dozens of people in the process, just, just like yourself and Damon Spurgeon and Brian Wilson. And, man, that is just such a treasure. And, of course, from my viewpoint, you guys have provided me bukus of material, whether it be video, written material, here we, we're sitting we, we doing a podcast. Out. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> that might be part of my problem. You've listened to me moan and groan you know, <laughs> a little bit ago before we got started on the show. But as a wrap-up here, I'd like for you to tell people to, how can they get a hold of you if they want to talk about you know getting a rod started because it, it's not an overnight process. No, this is a step-by-step process. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's Stacy. It's E-Y. Gibson, and I will soon have a Gibson custom rod page up and running. I've got a couple of other small details I'm waiting to get finished to finish my page up, and then we'll be pushing it out aggressively. <laughs> you bet. I think you're good. You may have to hire yourself a social media manager, man. I think that thing is going to. Do blow you know up. somebody I can get a hold of, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hey, we don't want to give away our best secrets, you know, well, but, I know, but they're right. out there. There's plenty of people yeah, that could help no, you, man. It's, I appreciate it. Like I said, we're going to, we're going to take it just as far as it'll go. That's, that's how far I want to go with this. I've got a great deal of time, money and resources wrapped up in it. I've got to make a dollar sometime. <laughs> oh, I, have no, I have no doubt that you will. Man, it's yeah. been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks again, and, Bill, uh, for having don't, me. don't be a stranger. You're welcome back here anytime. And Thank there's, there's going to be lots to talk about in the future. So we'll. I hope so. Hey, we've got to keep this public updated, man. Absolutely. Sounds great. All right. From Stacy Gibson and myself, we want to encourage you. We're living our dreams. We're working on it every Absolutely. day. So we want to encourage you to get into outdoors and live your out dream, outdoor dreams as well. I'm Bill Cooper. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? 
If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.